here oh my we gosh. go we are back stop the music cut it we gotta address something off the top <laughs> nice i'm gone for one week uh-huh. Uh-huh. and you two turds think that you can just switch the name of this show without me i mean move your feet lose your seat man i don't know what else to tell you yeah comical at best comical for sure <laughs> but here's the thing Nope. The problem is, you got my brain working. Yeah. And I thought, it probably is time for a change. Something to reflect Mm -hmm. the energy and workflow of this show. New name, new intro. Last time I came back with a new news jingle. Mm -hmm. It's time for a new era. Ladies and gentlemen, I present to you the future of the Neon Belly podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, here we go again. Welcome back to another episode of Nate's Knee and the Belly Podcast. Mm. Introducing first your co-hosts and general background noise, the knee, Brandon, and the belly, John. And now... Introducing your host and star of the show. He's the one guys want to be and girls line up to see. He is the podcasting star boy. Give it up for the Podfather. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Sit down. Oh. Oh, I know it. I know it. Oh. What is up, everybody, and welcome back to the best mixed martial arts podcast on the world, in the world, excuse me, the Neon Belly Podcast. Boys, today, we're going to recap this past Saturday's UFC Fight Night, Marlon Cheeto Vera versus Rob Font. Then we're going to spin it forward with our picks and predictions for this coming Saturday's UFC 274, which features two title fights, Charles Oliveira versus Justin Gaethje and Rose Namajunas versus Carla Esparza. Then in honor of the NFL draft this past week, we're going to hit you guys with our 2022 Neon Belly MMA draft. Per usual, all the news and happenings in the world of MMA, all that and more. But first, let me give you two hot mics because I muted your ass. What is up, boys? How we doing? How we doing? I'm not mad at that intro at all. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm really not. What? Like, I love it. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, I mean, you had plenty of time to get it done since you weren't there last week, so. Yeah, that's probably what you did on your I feel like, trip. Yeah, I feel like it. Uh, I feel like it's a good representation of where the pod's heading. I love it. I've been waiting for, like, a like a recorded intro this whole time, so that's yeah. I'm cool with that. I'm the knee. I'm not the belly. I'm, it's fine. I'm cool with it. All. <laughs> you just don't want to be the belly. Yeah, I'm not the belly. John, I mean, how do you feel about being the belly? I mean, roll with me and then tell me how you feel about the belly. You got well, you got two people to clap for you in that intro. Yeah. I mean, I'll take it. Yeah. More than Brandon got. I mean, because here's the thing. <laughs> a knee eventually goes out. Your belly doesn't. I, I, I'm, not, I'm still not mad at it. I like it. I really hope we keep it. We're not keeping it. Dang it. No. It was fun. I might Maybe I'll throw it in every once in a while. It depends. You know, if I'm feeling a little froggy, I might leap here and there. Okay. You might just have to do like one episode by yourself and just play that. Just play it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shout out to my brother, too, for coming through and uh, giving me the voice over there. Nice. I was oh. like, I can't do my voice. Because it's got to be, you know. Mm. See, I 100%, like, I didn't, I necessarily didn't recognize him. I thought you just like paid somebody on Fiverr to do that for like no. five bucks. <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> Listen, you go to depths, man. That was a lot of depths. Yeah. 
because that intro song was only like a 10 second clip that I found on YouTube and I had to go into Pro Tools and loop it over and mm. over and over and over and wow. over. <laughs> I respect it. I thought that was, I liked it. Do you want it for like your ringtone or? I'm not, I'm not mad. Well, wait, you don't get ringtones on that. Do I do. Oh, They're hard to get, but I yeah. can get them. We'll, yeah. we'll, we'll go out with it again today just so you can enjoy it one more time. Thank you. I appreciate <laughs> it. What's up, boys? How we doing, man? We're doing good, man. Um, I feel like we had a, a really good episode last week considering- Okay, let's stop there. The other ones. I mean, we covered everything. <laughs> stop there. We'll stop there. Uh, we did really good. Hold on, hold on. It's funny you should mention, of all people. I had notes, you know, like I was like, okay, this actually isn't a bad episode. Maybe a couple of things here and there that I was going <laughs> to critique, you know, just try to be funny. And then at the end, one of you said something that sent me into a flight of rage, seething in anger. And I'm almost just as mad at the other one for not calling it out. And it's so bad that I forgot <clears throat> any other critiques that I had before. Jokes, because you guys did good. Right. It was good. Right. And I had no problems with it. Except for this. Really good. Except for this one thing. Because we've addressed this on this podcast before. Mm-hmm. And I thought we put it to rest. And it's John. Right. We've got to stop with the boxing is bigger than MMA in the world. I mean, it is. It's enough. We've I mean, put this to bed. I mean, it's not even close. And you didn't say nothing. Wait, that was he, Wait, what was the direct quote? I, I know. And you know what's funny? I was like, I was too busy on the new intro. I forgot. Uh. I was going to clip it and play the clip, and I completely <laughs> spaced it. Here's the, here's the, the, the thing, direct, though. The direct quote, though, was something to the extent of he was talking about a boxing fight, and he said something about, yeah, you know, it's because something about it being in the UK. I can't remember. And he's like, you know, it's just a bigger world sport. Dude, when boxing is mentioned, I'm like gone. That's fine. But there's no way boxing's bigger than MMA. What are you talking about? John, I did the numbers. It doesn't make sense at all. I can show you numbers too. No. There has been... Oh, dang it. I don't have my phone. Or yes, I do, but I don't have it on there. So I looked up pay-per-view numbers. Uh-huh. Since Floyd Mayweather, right. no boxer has outsold an MMA pay-per-view. Yeah, they don't do pay-per-views very often because they're on big networks. I guarantee if I pulled networks of MMA fights... Wouldn't support. I guarantee they're doing no, more numbers. I'm not. I'm not going for that at all. How do they make money then, John? There's no. Who's, How do they pay people a hundred million dollars? This is the thing. Because the problem is with, or the difference is with boxing, is it's more top heavy and the the payouts are not spread out as much. Yeah, but that still doesn't. Equate yes, it to does. Me. That's how. That's where these the guys don't fight from. that often. That's where the money me. comes from, and the sponsorships Listen, make it a lot different. There is no fact. There's not an MMA fighter bigger than Canelo Alvarez. John, uh, Conor McGregor. No, he's not. John, go to the Instagram. No, he's not. The bro. follower. He has more followers. That doesn't equate to people knowing somebody. Being, what he's got one country. People aren't following Canelo's got you one think country. more people in the world know Canelo than yes. people know John, that, that's 100%. delusional. No, that's it's absolutely not. delusional. It is All not, right. though. John, people in Poland don't give two shits. They probably don't even know who Canelo yes, Alvarez is. they do, because there's boxers over in Europe that are big. John, it doesn't make sense. I mean... Listen, if you don't like boxing, I did just say that. Who's, okay, so, I don't uh, like so, boxing. Here, so here's the, the, okay, here's the comparison it. I did. Biggest two, like who's the biggest boxer? I said Canelo, probably their biggest pay-per-view star, biggest MMA pay-per-view star, Conor McGregor. Conor's got more followers, more in, uh, in social media presence than Canelo. Who's the next two in boxing? Probably Tyson Fury, right? You'd say, and going by the numbers, once again, because mm-hmm. I went to the pay-per-view numbers, Tyson Fury's the number two biggest selling boxer. Who would you say is number two in MMA? I said Izzy. Number wise, he's probably about averages out there mm-hmm. in terms of star. Izzy has more Instagram, social media followers, everything outsells Tyson Fury. Do you know how much Tyson Fury Wilder two did? No clue. Huge rematch, right? Right. Six hundred thousand pay per view buys. Yeah, like a hundred dollars. We were almost laughing at Kamara Usman's pay per views because they were that low. 
But here's the thing you're not also talking about. When you do boxing pay-per-views, there's one big fight and that's it. There's nothing under John, to help sell it. You can say it's number one in your heart. I'm okay. It's with a number that. one in the world. You it's can say okay. That. I'm. I'm. If you want to say to me, it's number one in my heart. Well, I, let me just I'm put it this way: There's a reason Kamar Usman is begging Canelo to fight him. Well, yeah, because the payday. Because he's the biggest athlete in the in because the combat. But hold on, stop right there. Because there is no payday that he could have with another boxer. He has to come to MMA for that. You see what I'm saying? Just like with Floyd Connor. Floyd since Floyd Connor, no boxing pay per view has outsold an MMA pay per view in terms. Of like no, like the highest. Canelo doesn't need Usman the at high, all. No, 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 no. But listen, what I'm saying is, since Conor uh, Floyd, that was kind of the numbers I did. Was the last boxing pay per view to outsell the highest grossing? It's not even close, dude. In terms of sales, like said, but it took an MMA fighter to get that pay per view by. Okay, you're telling me it, Conor's bigger than Floyd. Mm. Connor's bigger than Floyd. Don't even try to say that. Not now. Yes, I would oh say that. Oh my gosh, yes. and, and dude, who's buying Floyd Mayweather versus some random guy in Abu Dhabi in a couple? But here's of weeks? the thing: he's Nobody. not more popular. He's not more like he's Floyd Mayweather is mm, the most popular yeah, combat I, I, athlete in sure, the world. Sure, I'd probably give you that. I mean, Connor's probably up. They're the two. I would say that. I mean, kind of like neck and neck in terms of that. But there's nothing that supports boxing in terms of pay per view yeah, bot in the last decade. Even if you said five to eight years, there's nothing that supports in the numbers through social media, through pay-per-view buys, nothing that represents or shows boxing is bigger in the world than MMA. Okay, whatever you say, man. And if you want to bring facts, you can do I mean, facts, don't care about your feelings. I will. I'll but look. you're not going to find them because I did a lot of, I did like a whole, after you said that, mm-hmm. I went into a flight of rage. Like I said, there's a reason people boxer or MMA my, guys are begging to box people. My trigger fingers turn to Twitter bigger. fingers. That's, That's all, all I'm saying. saying. My trigger finger turned to a Twitter finger, and it didn't support nothing that I found there. Like I said, you don't see Canelo begging to go to MMA and fight anybody. Well, Canelo's making the most money because he's because so big. The first fight on his pay-per-views yeah. are making five hundred dollars. It doesn't matter about that. I'm just saying he's the most popular. Yeah, but he's still not bigger than Conor McGregor. Yes, he is. He's oh. the most popular in the box. Dude, he sense. doesn't even come close to selling pay-per-views like Conor. Because, like I said, they're expensive. They're big. There's no other body else on the card. These UFC pay-per-views have three title fights on them. I would pay $100 to see a UFC big pay-per-view. If it's the biggest guy, we already not. almost pay $100. I know, right? Pay. Like Listen, if it gets to 100 Dana's coming after me because there's your nothing. boy's pirating. There's nothing. There's nothing that supports it. I mean, and if you find it, bring it in. We'll talk I about will. it. I will. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. What's up, guys? I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> that was only, that's the first 10 minutes, all right? <laughs> Great episode, though. But you're not off the hook because I got something for you, too. Okay. So when I was just gone, so we went and we were in this, uh, we went to uh, Hocking Hills State Park, but it's in this small town called Logan, Ohio, really small town. And Logan, Ohio is home of the Pencil Sharpener Museum. <laughs> we drove by it. Audibly, out loud, I said two things to Ash. Number one, that's the whitest thing I've ever seen, <laughs> followed up by Brandon would go in. <laughs> Actually spent three hours there. <laughs> she got a kick out of it. <laughs> I was like, that's the whitest thing I've ever seen. Yeah. And she just started laughing. I was like, Brandon's definitely going in there. <laughs> you yeah, actually, yeah. You'd be surprised. Lead in 1970, <laughs> yeah. it was different, man. Dude, they were using like kitchen knives. <laughs> I mean, but, you're not wrong. I mean, we will take a moment <laughs> to talk wrong. about pencil sharpening as being the flyest thing you could do in like elementary. 
That is true. Walk up to that that turn joint. Oh yeah. yeah. We didn't have the automatic. I had both. I, hate, I hated the like grindy ones. <laughs> That's the ones that are there because then you you're trying to go slow and show off whatever you're wearing or just get attention. Then you realize you're not sharpening it, so you gotta fuck. Yeah, but you know, but you know, some teachers cared and they had those smooth ones. It yeah. was just like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. real shiny. Mm-hmm. Ooh, yeah, yeah, those were the nice yeah. ones. You go up there with one pencil like this big, and you're just like, "What are you doing?" Oh yeah. Man? Favorite thing about those emptying them. Yeah. I love to empty the pencil sharpener. Yeah, those shavings. Do you like equate that to mowing? Do you like? I do like mowing. We were just talking about yeah. that before we started. You like emptying out that grass? I I do. I empty my bag out every time in nice. my lawnmower. Um, Brandon does not like mowing. He made that very apparent. No, it's the worst thing ever. Yeah. Might be a little better if I had a bag, honestly, but I don't have a bag. Yeah, yeah. Would, would you rather ro- like mow one yard every day or do your job? Oh, what do my job? I love my job. Yeah, you do. Uh, You're doing a dream job. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. I, for one, would mow five yards a day over my job. <laughs> I'm like, man, I'm going to get the zero turn, and we're going to start making something happen. Uh, I'm glad to be back, though. How was your trip? Oh, it was good. It was good. It was really nice. Um, I'll have to show you guys some pictures. We stayed in a tiny house. Nice. It was very, very cool. Yeah, very cool. Our very last night, we were sitting around the fire outside, and we were in like kind of like almost like a holler, like what you see hollers, so it was kind of like up. We were like kind of on a cliff side, and something was coming up the hill. And it was mm. very large. Right. Well, it sounded very large. And, like, we're sitting there looking at each other like, whoa, something's coming Who's up. Who's fighting hill. the bear? Yeah. Well, well, Sasquatch is, like, a big thing there. So, mm. like, we're joking. Like, it's, I mean, it was, like, snapping branches. We're like, this is big. Whatever this is. All of a sudden, you just see off the side of our tiny house, it was four deer. Mm. And when I show you guys the picture, our tiny house had the whole, like, left side in front of the bed was just a big window. Mm. So, we were able to go in and just watch the deer. It was pretty cool. Nice. It was, it was it was peaceful. You think about changing to a tiny house? I could, dude. Yeah. I I don't need like I I could do it. Yeah. I would love to do it. It was awesome. It's a lot like cool, me. Huh? Say, it's like a minimalist thing right it, there. It, I, I could do it. Like that's what I told her, especially if you t- like hooked it up to something and you just moved around. Mm. Like that's what I said cuz it's like yeah, you're kind of confined to your space, but if you look at it as like what you got going on outside mm-hmm. it's really i could do it man would you want to do it in kokomo though no no, say, no, no you don't no, want to no. just have a tiny house this, and then just looking yeah, at no, like this would be like buy a tiny potholes. house hook it up to the truck and just go nice you know all over the world boys we got a lot to get to yeah. we can't keep it, talking about tiny houses uh before we do john let the people know what we need them to do uh to help support this podcast Listen, for free it's i told you free. guys i told you guys last week i'm gonna tell you again we need you to get on Apple Podcasts, give us five stars, leave us a review. It helps us out so much. We've seen so much growth from it. Like I said last week, too, now you can do it on Spotify. You go on Spotify, you can leave us a review. We're going to try to put together a tutorial to help it make it a little bit easier. Anybody who's not getting it, we need you to get on Instagram. You know, or Neon Belly Podcast. We post videos from these episodes. You'll get to see Nathan basking in his intro, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. And, you know, just enjoy it. Come talk with us. Come, you know, if you disagree with us, which you probably do, say that. I mean, we're very interactive, and we just love to see you guys participate. Boys, let's get into this main event, because I woke up with one name on the brain this morning, and that name was Marlon Chito Vera, as he defeats Rob Font via unanimous decision and if you don't respect the cheeto i got nothing for you um Mm. obviously has an amazing backstory phenomenal fighting styles never in a boring fight Mm -mm. and i personally think if he was standing across from anybody anybody other than rob font last night we'd probably be talking about a finish this fine sunday afternoon yeah i truly believe that he's becoming one of the top 135 pounders in the world Mm -hmm. your guys's thoughts on the fight and the victory for cheeto vera 
Um, so just in regards to the finish, okay, okay. So if, I, I want to start with the positives, I guess. So Cheeto looked great. I thought his um, boxing with Font was as best as you can look in, against Font. Right, Font is a phenomenal boxer, um, and he was able to get his shots in. I rewatching it, I noticed because Font was landing a lot of like you know three four punch combos, mm-hmm. but within that three four punch combo, Cheeto was landing one maybe two shots, sure. and you'd, I just kind of missed him because Font was just so yeah. active. But going back and watching, you start to realize because by the end of the fight, you see Font's face. <laughs> you're like, how did we get here? It was nuts, mm-hmm. and so that kind of showed it to me. But my critique what really bothered me was I feel like he could have finished that fight on multiple occasions fourth and fifth but would not pull the trigger and I I think it's good to be patient but on some level it's like dude you have him dead in the water like let's Mm -hmm. let's get this done but fair, fair play to him you know he got the job done so it was a good fight it was a great fight for him yeah yeah I thought you know Font he landed so much, it just wasn't... It, it, I know his coaches told him to quit trying to knock him out and just touch him because it didn't seem like those punches were really bothering Cheeto. Obviously, it didn't mess up his face. You know, this is one of those ones that if you didn't watch it and you looked at the numbers, you're probably scratching your head trying to figure out what's happening because Rob Font just has crazy output. Yeah. I mean, the dude probably threw like 500 strikes. 520 strikes. Yeah. So it's like... And he lands a lot. I mean, he doesn't yeah. miss a lot, um, but it's just not big shots. And this is one of those fights where, you know... Cheeto with those knees, yeah. Um, that lead left hook, his jab, like he was just finding ways to really hurt and land the big power shots, just not the volume. Um, and I thought he looked really good. I thought, you know, I thought Rob went for that, went for the takedown a couple times, and it didn't quite pay off. And that was probably really big for Cheeto as well. And then he just landed such big shots. I mean, those body kicks. Oh. You could probably hear them outside. Dude, you know? yeah. Go ahead. The calf kicks were big, too. I, yeah. I thought we'd see a little more of those because they were really lighting up Font's legs. So. His his ability to, like, step off and, like, find an angle to throw a kick in a tight space, I'm talking about Cheeto, was, like, I couldn't, like, it was nuts. Mm-hmm. Like, those couple, like, I think he hit him with, like, a wheel kick to the head. Like, he threw that from nothing. He hit like, him with the sweet <laughs> chin music. Did you see that? Yeah. I think it was in the fourth or fifth. He just yeah. put up and Shawn Michaels him. Yeah, I it, mean it's crazy, and I, I mean, and I do want to give some. I mean, Rob Font. It is worth mentioning he missed weight by almost three pounds. That's um, true. Bit of an asterisk, but I mean, the dude is tough. Like you yeah. said, five hundred and twenty strikes thrown. Um, the only thing there is one thing that, um, like, kind of going back to what Brandon. If I am being a bit critical of Cheeto, that I would say is, and, and this is one of those things where we talk like we got to get this podcast on another level because I would have loved to have been in that post fight presser to ask him. Because if I want to critique one thing is his um, lack of, um, I just want to see him engage the guard more. He mm-hmm. didn't seem like, um, I wish I could, like I said, wish I could have asked him that. Um, to my knowledge, Font's not like a wizard off of his back. We've never, to my like I said, once again, to my recollection, I've never seen him. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think as Cheeto moves up and he moves on now and he starts facing the top of this division, if he can't let guys off the hook like that. If you yeah. drop a Corey Sanhagen, a Jose Aldo, a Piotr Jan, TJ Dillashaw, you got to go, man. Even Aljamain. Yeah, you can't, yeah, Aljo, like you just can't sit there and allow the guy to recover. And Cheeto, mm-hmm. like, just seemed like he wanted nothing to do with going down in that guard and i'm like man you got like brandon said you got him dead in the water man you mm-hmm. got to go for that kill um so i would just like to know i would love to ask him i don't know if it's like i said a lack of knowledge if he was just i don't know but mm-hmm. it was just very odd to me that i mean he dropped him a couple times there and just would not engage his guard at all could have been a lot of things right i mean it could have just been the moment could sure. have been he saw or felt something he just absolutely didn't like and but we wouldn't you just no like idea. let him up too like call yeah, him up back to yeah. his feet if he didn't want to go. I don't know. It was just well, weird. he was kicking that the back of the leg. Those look like they hurt. Yeah, and yeah. I mean Rob Font was trying to engage, like tangle up the legs a little bit. Maybe he felt like, oh man, maybe this is something this guy will attack or yeah, 
you know, I, I wasn't, I, I felt the same. I felt like he, he could have had a little bit more killer instinct because right now that division has a, a couple guys at the top who don't have like a permanent, like this guy's for sure getting this. Mm-hmm. And if you go out there and you finish Rob Font, you know, you put yourself in a lot better position to get, you know, some of the fights you might want. Whereas like, you know, somebody like Aldo who has had good performances his past couple and he's older, he doesn't necessarily have as much, you know, need to keep on fighting more and more and more and get all the fights he can. Yeah. You know, you have Dominique Cruz up there who's wanting somebody. So there's some options there, but I just feel like he really could have put a real big stamp. He definitely put a lot of people on notice, but he could have put a little bit more of a stamp if he would have been a little bit more killer with trying to get the finishes in the fourth and fifth, especially. Yeah, that's three in a row. Um, just beat number five. Says he wants four through four, three, or two. Um, number four is Sanhagen. Number three, Jose Aldo. Number two, TJ Dillashaw. And I put number one, Peter Yan, um, because um, we know Dillashaw is going to fight Aljo. Mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, in after the fight, he didn't really – he's right. not thinking about that. Um, to me, I, I mean, in this equation, uh, somebody's going to have to rematch. He actually said afterwards that – um, I think in the post-fight presser, maybe because I, I read it this morning, that he wants to run it back with Aldo. Yeah. Um, I'd rather see Aldo and Jan run it back. Give me Cheeto versus Sanhagen because those two throwing knees and kicks and yeah. just that that, that matchup strike exchange would be, would crazy. be insane. Mm-hmm. I like love that matchup. Yeah, I would definitely be down for that. What about so you don't like um, Sanhagen and uh, what would the other? So you could do Sanhagen and Aldo. And then, yeah, and then, and then Cheeto, you could do Yon. you could you do Cheeto Yawn. Um, I think Yawn might be a little bit too much right now. Um, I'd kind of like Yawn just to sit for a minute. Maybe I mean, I mean, I don't know because like I said, you you can do Aldo Yawn again. I mean, mm-hmm. I wouldn't mind seeing that as well. Um, just because like I said, I just I think that was a really good fight. You know, yeah. competitive fight for the most part until it wasn't type of thing. But to me, Sanhagen Cheeto is just like mm-hmm. insane. I mean, you, like I said, you do have Dominique Cruz who's close there, and he wants oh, all yeah, those guys. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying. I think he's, he's like eight or nine. He's yeah. Kind of far down. There. He's he's been calling for Aldo. He's been calling for Dillish. I mean, obviously those top guys because he wants to get back there. But he is a name, not for not for Marlon, but for you know maybe even Font. I, maybe that wouldn't be that bad of idea. But maybe O'Malley. Yeah. Oh, I don't somebody. think he matches up with any. <laughs> I mean, O'Malley. You know he's always wanted the Cheeto rematch, but to me, what Ooh. we saw last night, I don't, I don't, I, I think he needs a couple more too. Like yeah. Cheeto's just evolving. Well, I'm man. saying O'Malley might, you might give O'Malley to Cruz. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. They've kind of talked. But. Yeah, I think Cheeto, man. He, I don't. It's tough to think of any of these guys standing up to some of the stuff he's hitting guys with now. Yeah, I mean he melted Frankie Edgar. Yeah, you know in this fight he landed some really big shots that just like you almost hurt to watch. It's like what Brandon said, man. That left hand. I mean, it just, like, there were some jabs that, like like I said, I was told you guys last night, the commentary wasn't even seeing him because he was pumping him so fast, and every time he landed him, Font's uh, head would snap back, mm-hmm. and it was just like, but yeah, the way Font looked at the end of that fight, and I think, Brandon, you said, like, it's crazy to see, like, what Font looked like, and Cheeto, like, basically didn't have a mark on and him. Cheeto got, got hit a lot. Hit. Yeah, he a got lot. hit for sure. Yeah, like, and that's why I keep, like, I want to reiterate. Rob Font's a dog, man. Yeah. Every time he I thought he was a couple out. big shots too. Yeah, and every time I thought he was going to be out of that fight, he just I was like, oh, he's gas. There's no way he's getting through the next round. Moving and forward, he just kept moving forward, punches. kept coming forward, kept yeah. And um, 
I'll tell you what, though. Nobody's beating Cheeto in the last two minutes of a round. That oh, dude yeah. is literally, as soon as that clock hit two minutes, he, like, turns it up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's it's weird. It's yeah. Cur- it's That's crazy. why him and Jan becomes interesting because we talk about how Jan likes to take, starters. Yeah, take yeah. some time out. Somebody will have to make an adjustment. Could be an interesting match. Like yeah. I said, maybe a little too much for Cheeto. I, I, like I said, I really like him and Sanhagen. I, mm-hmm. I think that'd be a fun fight just stylistically and um, good fight for both of them where they're at, right. I think, in the division. So that was the main event. Like I said, Great fight. We got to keep it moving, like I said, because we got a lot to get to. Uh, Co-main boys, just want to touch on a couple of the fights from last night. Andre Arlovsky defeating Jake Collier by split decision. Very controversial. I didn't agree with it at all. I had Collier winning arguably all three rounds. I mean, a judge gave him 30-27. I know. And I, the other two didn't yeah, give him it. Like, I know. I it, don't get it. It didn't make any sense to me either. I... I thought maybe there was a case for one of those rounds. I can't remember which one going to Arlovsky. Maybe it was the second, but don't quote me on that. But really, I would be okay if it was 30-27 the other way. Yeah. Can't help but feeling for a guy like Jake Collier, who really needed that win, trying to you know establish himself in that heavyweight division. Um, yeah, I, don't, I don't think it's very... I don't know. I felt like Collier pushed forward the whole time the striking i guess was even but then he would clinch him hold him he ended up getting takedowns like yeah. i don't i don't understand where orlovsky I mean, I mean, he didn't ho- he didn't wear the damage, but some guys just bleed, you know. It wasn't a bad performance by Arlovsky. No. It just I felt like Collier was pushing the pace. Mm-hmm. He was walking him down. He was landing the bigger shots, maybe more shots, kind of like what we saw like in the main event. Um, he was kind of the aggressor. Arlovsky was countering pretty well. He was getting his little you know licks in every once in a while. But yeah, I just I did yeah. not see that going that way. Mm-hmm. And I don't think Arlovsky winning does anything for him in the heavyweight division. No, and it's just another. Well, yeah, I mean it does. He's I well, mean, no, I'm I mean because like, here's the thing for Arlovsky, nonetheless, that's four in a row. Right. He's 43 years old. I mean, he's an absolute legend. Probably going to get a really tough fight now. Yeah, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, I just don't know how he does. It's gonna. We're gonna find out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> but like I said, yeah. for a guy like Collier, it just that sucks, man, to be right there kind of teetering on the edge of breaking in to that mm-hmm. top maybe 10-ish and then to get to lose a fight that really, like I said, I think he won. Um, next, uh, another fight, uh, Joe Anderson Brito defeats Andre Feely by TKO in just 41 seconds of round one. Crazy violent mm-hmm. finish. Uh, once he dropped Feely, just mauled him. Um, and then in his post-fight, uh, Brito said that his uncle had actually died the morning of the fight. So... Uh, shout out to him for going wow. out. Yeah, he like was apologizing to his family because I guess they were trying to reach out. He just didn't want to talk to him because he's like, you know, I was trying to stay focused on the fight and stay in the moment and stuff. And uh, so go out and uh, get a win like that over a guy like Andre Feely, who's a big name. And mm-hmm. I think that was that was Joe Anderson's debut in the UFC. So tough first fight for him, getting the job done with a lot of mm-hmm. you know adversity. Adversity speaks to him. Shout out to him. Last one, we're going to talk about Darren Elkins, the damage baby. Yeah, Indiana legend. I told you guys, the damage is inevitable. Defeats Tristan Conley by unanimous decision, 30-27 on all three judges' scorecards. You got to be able to put him out, I think that's like four out of five for him. Like he's That's like four (laughs) in his last five or something. Yeah, he's... I love that dude. He's man. so durable. Indiana's man. own baby. Gotta love it. Yeah. Boys, that was the fight night. Anything else before we move on? Little just a little fun fact I meant to say during the main event, but I just remembered. Rob Font breaks a streak that's not ideal by uh being the first main event to miss weight in a year, ten months, and seventeen days. Ouch. Last one. 
Jessica I. I don't remember. What was weird is like, I don't remember Rob Font having weight issues. This was, I mean, it was very out of character. Yeah. I said that a few times. I just would love to know like what happened there. He Once, did an interview where he talked about it, but I didn't know. What happened? I didn't oh, listen I didn't, to I didn't, it. I, didn't, I, I know he's a little bit bigger. I know Cheeto talked he about that. He's a bigger 35. I thought Cheeto looked kind of bigger. Well, here's the thing that was weird is Cheeto said that, oh, you know, he's big, he's cut, and I don't think he's good for five rounds, but his past two fights were five rounds. And yeah, he he's a dog, three, man. So. I, I, I like Rob Font, but I'm telling How you How do you guys, feel about him moving up if, it, if that's so if the weight cut's an issue for che- uh, Rob Vaughn, I don't, yeah. th- I don't think it is, man. I yeah. like, like Brandon said, I think it's just on something probably happened. Yeah. I'll have mm-hmm. to go watch after this and see what happened. Um, but you know, him, like, he trains with Calvin Cater, that mm-hmm. uh, I can't remember what their team is there, but Boston, Boston Mafia, Mafia or, or something yeah. like that's just pretty. Un- I mean, all those guys are just Boston pros, pros, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it just little, really kind of odd. Yeah. I'm sure something happened, but um, good fight night, like I said, great main event. Really bummed out. I got on RVCA's website this morning to buy that Cheeto Vera shirt and sold out. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately. Well, they had a medium left. Mm. So one can dream, right? Dang. <laughs> Goal shirt. Yeah. yeah. Dude, this is my summer shirt. <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be your mowing the lawn shirt, dude. There you go. Just be ripped out. Get it all there. sweaty. Uh, boys, let's spin it forward. This yes, Saturday, sir. May 7th, UFC 274 at the Footprint Center in mm-hmm. Phoenix, Arizona. A uh, little fun, facts about yeah. Fe- fun fact about Phoenix, it's the only capital city in the United States with a population of more than 1 million residents. Hmm. Thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah. Indianapolis, like 600,000. Yeah, never been to Arizona. 600,000. Either. About as many pay-per-view buys as Tyson Fury Wilder 2, the biggest boxing pay-per-view in the last century. But whatever. $100 million, but whatever, man. <laughs> Boys, our main event, Charles Oliveira versus Justin mm. Gathechi for the lightweight title. Charlie um, this is Charles Oliveira's, Oliveira's second title defense since winning the vacant title over Michael Chandler in May of last year, uh, then went on to defend the title in his last fight against Dustin Poirier by third round submission in December. Uh, His opponent and former interim champ, Justin Gaethje, is taking his second crack at winning the undisputed title since losing his first title match against then champ Habib Nurmagomedov. Gaethje got himself back into a title shot after his fight of the year win over Michael Chandler last November. Boys. Uh, thoughts on this title weight matchup because I can't stop thinking about the fact that we've seen Oliveira dropped in his last two consecutive fights and he's facing a guy in Gaethje who I think carries the biggest power in the division mm. like I don't think he can recover from those in my opinion mm. it's tough because he's also finished people who Jason he, Gaethje hasn't finished right with Poirier I know man this is just one of those weird ones where I don't know I just I don't. I even. I'm. I'm being very transparent. And Chandler. I'm, I have no matter. idea who I want to pick for this fight because yeah. I think. That, <laughs> I really think besides Islam, I think this could be Oliveira's biggest like stylistic matchup mm-hmm. to me. Who do you think's had like? Has anybody ever had a tougher two first title defenses? I mean. Yeah, that's a lot. I mean, well, the first one wasn't really defense because it was vacant. But no, I'm talking about Poirier and then now Gaethje. That's oh, oh, oh yeah. Jeez, man. Beep had Connor and then Dustin. Yeah. And yeah. then Gaethje. Yeah. This is a good point, but I don't know, man. I just can't. Even I went back and watched both of those fights. And even the shots that were landed on Oliveira, like, I feel like if Gaethje lands those, it's night-night, man. The Dustin one was bad. It I was really bad. That. And he caught him. Dustin caught him multiple times in that yeah. round. 
big. Mm-hmm. And I know there's the whole thing with Oliveira, right? We know he fights blind, right? Like he wears right. glasses and he's very open that he can't see much in there. And I just feel like against a guy like Gaethje, you need like 80-80 vision, daddy. Like, uh, yeah, it's, and it's tough too because like I said with Chandler, I mean – he put Chan- I mean Oliveira put Chandler out clean with the left. Yeah. And I mean Gaethje wasn't able to to finish that off himself. So it's I mean MMA math is weird, man. Um but with Oliveira during this streak until somebody puts him away, I got to think that nobody can do it cuz he's bounced back every time. Yeah, you're right. Here's the other side of this coin though. How good is Oliveira in jiu-jitsu on the ground, oh, right? Next level. And Gaethje's a guy who's openly admitting he doesn't even train jujitsu. Sure. Nope. White belt. And like as soon as Habib got on top of him and he was in an armbar within like three seconds. That's not an exaggeration. Mm-hmm. Oliveira's better than Habib. Yeah. So he has way more well, forms of attack so too. That's actually one thing I wrote in my notes, right? Because you know, Oliveira said I read an interview with him the other day where he said he's going into this fight and he's going to go punch for punch, oh, blow for blow. But I think that's actually smart. What? Because let me tell you, if you go back and you watch that Habib fight with um, Gaethje, right? Habib was in Gaethje's face the whole time. Yeah. He was walking him down. Gaethje did not like that pace. Mm-hmm. I mean, Habib kept a relentless pace on Gaethje that whole fight. Never let him off. Never gave him space. Um, and, and basically just smothered him. Mm-hmm. You go back and watch Oliveira versus Poirier. He did that to Dustin, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, Oliveira, I mean, I think even on commentary, they were like, I don't know if he can go five rounds, the, the pace that Oliveira was putting out on. And, right. and, like, by the end of the first round, Dustin was, like, looking at the clock and, like, blowing out big breath, like, taking big – I mean, it's just a – when you set that pace on, guys, that's mm-hmm. tough. And we've seen Gaethje get to that place where he can't handle that. Habib was then able to secure the takedown, rear naked – or uh, triangle. Yeah, triangle. Um, I just don't know if Oliveira has – the takedown ability maybe of Habib. He does have some slick stuff. But I think, yeah, I think, he, uh, not the double leg that Habib has, yeah, but, off he, the cage but, he the, but the clinch, yeah. like he's really good because he's so tall and long. Sure. So as soon as he connects his hands, he's, he's Or in he there. could, you know, he lands some big stuff or puts enough pressure. If he can get Justin to shoot, he's perfectly fine with coming off of his back. I mean, well, I think that's a saving grace if he gets dropped because yeah. Justin's going to have to follow him or let him back up. Yeah, it, it becomes interesting. I, I know Justin is definitely has really good cardio, has power, his leg kicks. Mm-hmm. If he can land those early, that becomes something because the leg kicks are a big thing. Yeah, yeah, because then Oliveira can't. I mean, it, it becomes harder for him to use the cage to get to takedowns. Um, I, I think no matter what, I I mean, Oliveira leads the UFC all time in finishes with eighteen. Fifteen of those being submissions. That's yeah. insane. He leads in submission finishes and finishes in general. Justin Gaethje, we know the power he carries. I think this fight's over and like under two to three rounds and if it goes longer than that we're looking at fight of the year i yeah. think because these two are I mean, these two are just savages yeah but one thing i want to throw out there because i was looking into this and i was thinking and i was actually right in my thought when i was preparing for this and i want to throw it out and see if it maybe sways you guys into your thinking a little bit is despite being the champion um Oliveira has never been past the third round in his career justin has went five rounds once and four rounds once so he does hold that advantage of he's mm-hmm. been into deeper waters. Oliveira, even though he is champ, has never been there. So we've never really seen his cardio hold up past three rounds, right? right. And a lot of times, I I feel like a longer fight definitely favors Gaethje, personally. Mm. I guess it depends on what's happening early. Uh, yeah. Because I feel like with jujitsu, you just have a little bit more of your X factor longer. You yeah. know, power kind of gets away a little bit once you get into the fourth and fifth rounds. You know, maybe crispness of your punches, um, your foot movement, or your, your foot movement, your head movement. Some of that kind of goes away when you get to the fourth and fifth. But jujitsu, 
I mean, we've seen Anderson throw up a armbar in the fifth round after getting beat up for the whole fight. So yeah. it, it it does become interesting. Um, I don't know. I will go ahead and make. I'm I'm, I'm assuming I'm probably still in last place. Oh yeah, uh, oh, yeah. Brandon, update us on our score. Sorry, yeah. I didn't do that after that. John, John, you are still in last I place. Font, yeah, so. so you have 17. Nate, you have 22, and I have 27. You are yeah. 10 points behind, my man. Ooh, that might be the biggest gap of all time, John. No, last year there was a couple bad ones. Oh, I don't hard know hard. if anybody ever got in double digits behind. Yeah, they did. <laughs> is that because you're telling yourself? No. Because <laughs> yeah. I, remember, I remember sitting in my seat like, oh, gosh, this is bad. And then it got close. John, I'm on, John just says numbers. <laughs> like, there's nothing. I mean, fact check me. Go back and listen to all the episodes. <laughs> I, I, um, I love it, John. I'm going to take it. Charles Oliveira. I'm going to say a third round sub. That's not a bad pick. I don't know, boys. <laughs> I've like played this out so many times in my head, and it's like every time I like run through scenarios, I see it going back and forth. I, man, I will go. I'm gonna take the save. I'm gonna say Charles Oliveira. Um, I don't feel great about that for the record. I'm solely going with him because I just am gonna go with the guy I feel like has more ways to win. Mm-hmm. Um. And that's just what it is. Um, I do feel like he's going to have to get it done fast because um, I think Gaethje has – he's a cardio animal. Um, and I don't – I just don't know. I'd be very interested to see Oliveira in a fourth and fifth round. Oh, I, I – I'll see you. What'd you say? Third round? Third round. So I'll say second round. So dang it. Yeah. Man, that's <laughs> I, I could just see him. The cracking crown is him. heavy, man. I could see him dropping him, maybe cracking him and then just jumping on his back. But he uh, takes the back so quick. It's crazy. Yeah. I know. I think that's what sold me on it. When I saw the back take against Poirier, it's just like, gosh, dude, that nobody can do. <laughs> like he's one of one that can do that. Um, all right, so I think Gaethje's got to get it done in the first round. Oh, I think really? I think Gaethje's pop goes down every round. It's still there. He still cracks harder than anybody, but I think yeah. if, when you get into two, three, four, it goes down. And I don't think he's a cardio machine like you say. I do. The fourth round with Poirier, he looked... Yeah, he looked. But those tired. two are killing each other. That's my yeah. point. But he looked so tired. His fight with uh, yeah. Michael Johnson, he looked tired. His fight with the five round one, which Tony Ferguson, like he he yeah. destroyed Ferguson in that fight, but he looked yeah. tired. So anyway, I I think Oliveira has to get it done early too. You said third round sub. You said second round sub. Go first. I'll do first. Do it. I mean, first I don't. Round I don't <sighs> it's just so, dude. Like when you watch it too, it's like Charles Oliveira. He's just so good, and he's so good. He, I mean, the 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 evolution of his striking might be one of the best we've ever seen in mm. terms of a guy that was just a jujitsu guy mm-hmm. and is now like... It's like up there with GSP's wrestling coming it's crazy. Of developing out of nowhere. see him doing something weird like an Imanari heel hook yeah. or something. Yeah. Like, I'm so you calling sub? First oh, round? yeah, yeah, yeah. First I just... Sub. I don't... And even, I'm almost talking about... I need, we need to move on because I'm going to talk <laughs> myself. But I just think there's something too of like a Gaethje who's had that experience against the, you know, probably one of the best lightweights in terms of just being able to put pressure, take downs. There's something to be said about having that second crack too and having, I have a lot of faith in his coach too, Trevor mm-hmm. Whitman, and just being prepared for this fight. But we'll, I'll digress. The last I'm, thing I'm I'll say about it is is Gaethje has been in some big wars too. When you talk about what the Poirier fights and then Chandler, you know, he has a great chin, but like we see when these guys go through these wars, Rob Font just went through a war with Aldo and then he just goes through this one. You know, Giga's, some of these guys who've went through these, it's interesting to see how they bounce back from that. Oliver is going to put in the Habib game plan, that's all I'm saying. I, I think he has to. I think mm-hmm. that's it. That's when, when he said he's going to like be right in his face, I'm like, that's actually a good idea. Yep. I mean, just smother him. Uh, boys, 
co-main event, we have a rematch mm-hmm. in the women's strawweight division as champ Rose Namajunas takes on number two ranked Carla Esparza. Uh, these first ladies first fought way back in 2014 on the tough finale for the inaugural women's strawweight title. Um, that night, Carla Esparza did get the better of Rose via third round submission. Uh, obviously, both of these women are completely different fighters today. Can't take much from that. Mm-hmm. Um Rose had hair then. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Rose is a two-time champ in her second reign, uh, and in her second reign, has beat uh, Zhang Weili in back-to-back competitions in her last two fights. Carla has earned her way back to the title picture with a very impressive five-fight win streak. Um, I think we all thought that Rose, if she had a weakness, it might be in her grappling, especially in that second Weili fight. I think we all thought that could be something that Weili would expose. Um, Obviously, Rose handled that really well, um, but... Um, I think Asparza is a completely different animal in that mm-hmm. wrestling department, though. Having said that, I don't think Whaley's, uh could really hold a fire to her. I put it that way. Um, right. But so what are your guys' thoughts on the matchup? Because the thing about Carla Asparza is she's going to come out and shoot immediately. Don't be yeah. surprised. She's going to throw less than three. I mean, you go back and watch every fight. I watched her last three or four. Um, rarely will sometimes won't even throw a punch before she's shooting. You know, kind of like think like Chael Sonnen, right? Like mm-hmm. Chael made... He made it very clear. I'm going to come out. I'm going to put my forehead in your stomach. I'm going to take you down. Like, you know, and I, that's kind of what Carla does. She may throw three to five strikes, but she's going to shoot very early. Yeah. The, the only thing that sucks about predictability is, you know, you not to say, because, I mean, Mazaval and Ashkern is a one in a million sure. situation, but it's because it was so, you know, easy to tell what was going to happen. Yeah. Ben was not going to play around with that. And I think you're going to get something similar here. And Rose has real I mean you look at the first way Lee fight that kick came out of nowhere very quickly like she has very fast reaction um so it'll be interesting to see how much she can keep the distance because if it if, if she can find a way to keep this standing I don't think Carla has a chance no I mean Asparza has ve- at least what, what she's displayed in right. the UFC has very limited to next to no striking at all mm-hmm. I mean offensively and, and I'd be interested to see like if if some of these takedown attempts happen against the cage if she if Rose goes back to that Kimura that she was using against Andrade or something like that just to kind of make her think or or maybe get her off of some of the takedowns yeah um go ahead I was just gonna say Rose has got good jujitsu so I think even if it ends up on the floor you know she's gonna have she's a very active guard yeah yeah um sorry I cut you off no you're good the the thing for me I don't anytime Rose fights I'm curious because she seems to be somebody who gets in her head a lot Mm -hmm. she talks a lot about that yeah and and Carla being somebody who's beaten her in the past I wonder how much of that's going to play a factor here I think because the mental game fighters talk Mm -hmm. about it all the time um so for me that's a big big factor in this fight is just that it's a rematch Carla's beaten her and it was pretty tough loss back then um so anyway, I just she responded well to Andrade, I guess. She did. You know? um, and she and ref- it didn't seem like it during the pre-fight. It seemed like she was a little bit shook yeah. or not in there, and then she showed up. So so she could rise to the occasion 100%, but yeah. it's still something that I know goes through her head. So Yeah. Mm-hmm. Going back through the numbers, I've, like Asparza, every win that Asparza has on her record, she has landed three or more takedowns. Usually she's in that four to five range of fight. Um, and... If she's had one or two or none, she's lost every single one of those fights. So I think that's important, right? If we start seeing Asparza, like, through the first, maybe if this fight goes long, which I think it could, if we're getting into, like, round three or four and say Asparza has, like, four takedowns, I'm going to assume Rose is probably losing the fight at that point just because we've seen that. Now, the only counter to that, once again, is 
Wei Lee took Rose down five times, and Rose got up almost every single yeah. time, except for the one thing that was kind of interesting is when Wei Lee got full mount at the end of the second or third round, I think, and Rose kind of got saved by the bell there. I Going back and watching that, if you guys go back and rewatch it, mm-hmm. if there was like 30 more seconds, I, I don't know if Rose is getting out of that. Mm, uh, yeah. Very, very interesting sequence there. But, um, but nonetheless, I, it is interesting. Um, I just... One thing I will say before we get into picks is with Rose, um, I know kicking is a huge part of her tool belt, but I'd like to see her limit those this fight because watching Carla, she's going to wait for him, and yeah. she's really good at catching kicks. you watch kicks. her in Waterson, you can kind of see. She is very good at catching yeah. kicks, and I would like to see Rose just use her footwork, use her boxing a little bit maybe, and just kind of look to bust her up, try to time mm-hmm. those takedowns, because they're going to come. I mean, she, and Carla will shoot and shoot and shoot, and she doesn't care. Like, right. she only, like I said, don't be, she don't even set them up sometimes. Yeah. So Well, and you miss a couple of those, and she makes you pay. Uh, I don't think she gets away from it. I don't think she has a plan B. Yeah. You know, if the takedowns aren't working, they're going to keep coming. Um, and for Rose, you know, if she can stuff some, maybe get on ahead, we know she does have good take or good jujitsu, so she might be able to throw up some type of sub or something. So, and the Marina Rodriguez fight, you know, Marina, you know, she was able to reverse Carla a couple times and mm-hmm. actually got off some really good elbows from the bottom and some really good ground and pound. But Carla's tough, man. She, yeah. She's a dog, too. Um, so, John, hit us with your pick. I'm going to stick with Thug Rose. Um, I think she wants, I mean, kind of like the Charles over. She has a lot of ways to win, and she has like some ways that she can switch off and, and change game plan a little bit. I'm going to take Rose, uh, I'll say second round TKO. Yeah, I'm going to go Rose as well. Same thing. Just more ways to win this fight, a little bit more diverse. Um, would not be shocked to see a boring fight. Carla Sparza decision victory if that goes that way. But I hope Rose can turn this into a stand-up because if she can keep this thing and turn it into a striking match, Carla's going to be way out of her depth. Um, I will say Rose fourth round TKO because Carla's tough. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with Esparza. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I'm gonna, that's how you I'm, stay on top, man. You got to try something here because um, we all picked uh, Oliver. I'm going to go as far as the, I can see it being a boring fight too, but I hate picking <laughs> in this decision. I'll go with decision. It's a safe play. If she's going to win, it'll probably be decision. Not bad. All right. Last fight that we're going to feature before we move on, boys, our third fight, Michael Chandler versus El Kakui, Tony Ferguson. Um, in, oh, hold on. Okay, sorry. I got lost. Uh, no, this is a really good one. I'm excited mm-hmm. for this one in the lightweight division. Uh, Chandler is coming in riding a two-fight losing streak with losses against Charles Oliveira and most recently Justin Gaethje, the two guys in the main event. Mm-hmm. Then you have Tony Ferguson, who's currently on a three-fight losing streak. Uh, his last loss was against Benil Dariush last May. Awfully, obviously, both of these guys are super exciting. Like I said, fun to watch. Um, but before we get to the matchup, I want to get you guys' thoughts on something because I was thinking about this. Is given the landscape of the lightweight division, and also given where both of these guys are in their career, age-wise, I think it's pretty safe to say I want to get your guys' thought. Is whoever loses this fight, it's probably never going to get back to the lightweight title picture. I think you lose this, and there's just no pathway. At Tony Ferguson's 38. I think Chandler's like in that 35, 36. I mean, for Chandler, that'll be three in a row. Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. I mean, Tony would be at four in a row. Um, It'd be really tough, I think, at their age and and how competitive that division is. We know there's all this young blood coming up for them to get back there. Yeah, it's definitely a longer road for Ferguson. Um, I think Chandler, what he has going for him is the last fight was a good fight. I mean, it was close um, with uh, Gaethje. And he hasn't, the UFC crowd, or, you know, UFC hasn't seen him take as much 
punishment as you've seen Ferguson. Ferguson's pretty much been dominated like five rounds, three fights in a row, and that's right. You know, well, that's finished. Don't forget Gaethje. Yeah, finished. finished. So it's tough to see that. Um, but you know, the one thing that Chandler does have working for him is he has had flashes of like, oh, this guy put out Dan Hooker. This guy had a back and forth war with Gaethje. So the optics are a little bit better there. But I do think that they both really need this win if they have any aspirations of staying toward there. Yeah, I, I kind of agree. I think Tony's on the the worst end of that. I think if he loses, it's probably not looking good. I think Chandler's a bigger draw. There's still a lot of exciting matchups for Chandler. But will there be, though? Because he'll be one in three in the UFC. Or do yeah. you just look at it as like I failed mean, experiment? can stay around. But to me, but it's guys. not the it's not the 0 and 3 that Askren went or the 1 and 2 that Askren went, right? Yeah, I mean his, he's fighting the best of the best. And his fights don't look like Askren. Sure. Did. Um they look a lot better. I think I, I just think it's different. It doesn't look great. Don't hear me out. I mean hear me out. It looks pretty poor, but it's different. Yeah. Um so I, I don't know. I think that's what I would say about it. Okay. Uh John, get your uh what's your pick? Yeah, I got I got Chandler. I think um he he cracks. Yeah. You know, he has he's He's very quick. His footwork is really good. Um, I think Tony's going to have to get him into doing some weird stuff, like Mm -hmm. a weird brawl or something that can get him to where he can use his kind of funky stuff. But Chandler's very quick. Um, I'm going to say Chandler second round TKO. Yeah, I'm going to say Chandler first round. I I just don't think this lasts long, honestly. Yeah, I agree. Um, I'll go with... I don't know. Tony's tough. He is tough. Could I'll be. go with I'll go with Chandler' decision. He might wrestle him. I think the blueprints out there. You got to wrestle Tony, mm-hmm. and uh, I think he'll do that. And get it done. Boys, running down the rest of this card. Crazy. Also on the main or main card, we have Shogun Hua versus Ovin Saint Prue kicking off the main card. Who won the first one? That was OSP. OSP won the first one. Yeah, by knockout. Kicking off the main card, we got Donald Cowboy Cerrone versus Joe Lazon. Moving down the prelims, you got Randy Brown versus Chaos Williams. What a fight! Uh, Michelle Dumont versus Macy Chasson. Brandon Royvel versus Matt Schnell. That's crazy too. It's a great fight in the 125 pound division. Um, and then just recently added, I'm seeing here to ESPN is our boy Karen Van Camp, baby, making his UFC debut against. Absolute killer, and Andre Fialo. Um, wow, yeah, what a first fight! Welcome to the UFC. So, um, didn't really talk much about it, but when we saw Cam at the card show, we got a chance to catch up with him a little bit and basically said that you know, given I mean, Cam's like 15 and 5, I mean, he's got a great record, a lot of experiences. I think they were mm-hmm. having a hard like, how do you? Being a new guy in the UFC, it's hard. What he was kind of saying, it's hard to match him up against maybe a guy that's three or four and zero. You know, three and zero, four and zero guys don't at that point don't want to fight a Cam Van Camp. Right. So it's like, how do you find that like experienced guy that's maybe not like super at the high? So like matchups were a big thing. And boy, this is a, this is a big match. I mean, like I said, go look up Andre Fialo. Um, you know, he's a first round knockout machine. Michael Miguel Bieza just last beat, fight. Yep, just beat Biaza last week, I think. Yeah. So quick turnaround for Fialo, but in the same breath, go look up Cam Van Camp because just absolute savage. Good everywhere. Um, well, an interesting part about this is that welterweight. Oh, because it probably is his last minute. Yeah. So, yeah. well, that Fialo is a welterweight. Okay. Yeah, but so, Cam probably stepped in. Yeah, last minute, Cam so. having that ability to fight at fifty-five or seventy kind of definitely helped him out on getting Can't his wait, foot man. in. But I yeah. am so excited. <laughs> Tune in. So Tune in and watch somebody get tuned up. <laughs> That's on the prelims. First fight. For, at right now. Well, well, ESPN, to ESPN showing it the first fight. I wouldn't be surprised if it moves up the card a little bit though. Yeah. They, they just added it today to ESPN. So, there it is, boys. Well, we are going to jump in to. In honor 
mm-hmm. of the NFL draft, uh, which was this past week. John, any Colts players that you want to overreact uh, over like most Colts <laughs> fans do? Uh, Alec Pierce at receiver. Yeah, these and yeah. Johnny Woods, a 6'7 tight end. That nobody wanted. Oh, Colts uh, fans are like, dude, they'll be like in the seventh round, and guys will be like, dude, you hey, see this guy? That, you see this guy? He's a guy, man, and he's this and he's that. Who's Phil's going to be throwing to besides Mooney? Darnell Mooney. I saw a, I saw the <laughs> Eagles got a good receiver. A.J. Brown, baby. Yeah, that was crazy. I don't know who that is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> don't know him? Eagles till I die. <laughs> I bleed green. <laughs> Boys, it's time to get into the NFL uh-huh. or MMA draft. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. Uh, shout out to John giving us a little little beat here to play. Yeah. Um, John, do you have the stipulations by chance on deck? Yes, I do. For so our second annual. All right. So the stipulations are um, first of all rules. Uh, we have to have one female. Right. Uh, we have. We can only have one champion. Um, and we can only have one person per weight class. Right. Uh, we're also picking coaches. I don't know if we want to. No, we're we'll not just, bringing that around. I'll just keep mine. Yeah. Okay. I'm good. So that's the stipulation. So the round stipulations are. Or we can pick coaches. Screw it. Okay. The round stipulations are: first round is a current champ. Second round never had a title. We'll go through them. Don't worry about that. Oh, now. Okay. Um, just have to have a lady. Yep. One female fighter. Um, can only have one fighter from each division. Yep. And one champion. And one champion, which is going to be our first round, first pick. This year, new rule kind of that we implemented is we cannot pick somebody that we picked last year. Yeah. So, so I can, whole, new, whole so, new roster. Yeah, so you can steal off somebody else's roster, you can but steal you off, can't yes, keep yours. Exactly. Here's a real question real quick. When we go next year and we go to do this, can we cycle back to the first pick, or are we going to have to keep on trying to refresh it? Because it gets hard. I think you can cycle back. Okay. So let's kick off our first round. John, what is our stipulation on the first round? First round is current UFC champion. And I am first pick, which means... Mm-hmm. The pick is in, baby. Yeah, let's hear Didn't it. Didn't even think about the music not being able to work with that, <laughs> but that's all right. <laughs> My pick coming off the board is the most dominant UFC champion right now, and she for the second year in a row is going to occupy my female roster spot and that is the women's flyweight goat Valentina Shevchenko. It's mm, a good pick. Also uh, before I make my pick, we have to tell them that how we decided the winner of last year's draft was by wins um, from the percentage. fighters. Yeah, percentage. You yeah. said for the second year in the row, she's going to what? I'm taking a woman first oh, okay. to gotcha. occupy a champion. Gotcha. And for the record, I picked Amanda and said the same thing last year. <laughs> so Here's the better luck. Hey, you know there's like the Madden curse? Yeah. I might have the round one curse. We'll That's see. That's true. <laughs> All right. Well, I got second pick, and I am taking somebody we just talked about. Charlie Olives, the lightweight champion, is my current champion. And that will occupy your 155-pounder. Yes, sir, which is tough because there's a lot of good people in there for other yeah. categories. But well, that kind of helps me because that was actually going to be my pick. <laughs> so already getting into some knocking some things Uh-oh. off here. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah, all right. So is it my turn? Yes. Yep. All right, so since John took mine, my pick for the UFC champ is going to be your 145-pound champ, Alexander Volkanovski. Nice. Nice. Second most dominant champ mm-hmm. next to Valentina. John, what is our round two? All right. Round two, we're going with never held a UFC title. Any fighter that has never held a UFC title, and with that, it's just not going to work. Yeah. If, not, you, if you could like independently work. change the volume. You can't do it. You can't yeah. do it. We're not that advanced yet, so right. we'll leave it alone. Boys. My round two pick, fighter that has never held, any fighter that has never held a UFC title, but 
make sure, damn sure, that this guy is going to be holding one. He will be champion by the end of this year. And occupying my light heavyweight spot is going to be Jiri Prohashka. Yes. Can't beat that. Mm. It might be very soon, too. Yes, Daddy. Right, right in time. Nice yep. pick. All righty. So for my never held a UFC title, I'm saying in the same division, and I'm going with that boy, Jamal Hill. Okay. Is my never had a UFC title at light the, heavyweight. The knockout king. Yeah. It's like there's like three guys in that division that you could have picked for this. That It's a competitive division. Yeah. Brandon, are you ready? This makes it. Yeah, I'm ready. This makes things interesting for me, though. Um, Think about it. Do you need a minute? I might need a quick second. John, hit us with the Pledge of Allegiance. We didn't kick off. I pledge of allegiance to the flag of the United States of Brandon sucks at this. And to the Republic for make a choice. One nation, pick your fighter under God. I think I'm going to go. I'm going to have to go with Hamzat. Hamzat Shimaev. Maybe another champion. It's a good one. Johnny Guns. All right. Read off our round three. Round three is stipulation. a fighter who's never been in a main event. Any UFC fighter who has never been in a main event. Mm-hmm. And I am going to go with another guy in the 170-pound division who I think is going to be champion, and that is Shavkat Rachmanev. Nice. That was definitely my pick. <laughs> uh, I, I do have an alternate, but I think, yeah, he's, um, he's the man. Okay, well, for my pick, I am going to be taking uh, Kai Kara France featherweight. Kai's never been in a main event. No, because the Asker Askarov fight was the third fight on the card. That is crazy. Yeah. I got some good picks over here, Brandon, if you need it. No, I'm going to have to... Okay, because of that, I'm going to have to switch a pick of mine, actually. So for my 170... Or I'm sorry, for my uh, last round, I have to put somebody else. Okay. So I'm going to have to put... I got plenty um, in the last round if you need a lifeline, too. I can, give, I can throw you some. I'm going to put Islam as my... Never held the title. Okay. And then I'm going to put Bro- Sean Brady as my never main event. Okay. All right. Brandon's breaking rules, but we're going to yeah. let him do it. <laughs> what, what rules do I break? I mean, you're going back. I mean, well, I have no choice. Well, here's the thing. Once you draft, you draft. You got to have extra. You got to have extra I people did. there, man. I did, but <laughs> we'll, we'll give him. We'll give him the pass. Right. So, just to recap, so we're, that was round four, correct? That was round three. We did champion, never had a title, never made it. Okay, I have my women's flyweight, light heavyweight, and 170-pounder off the board. Mm -hmm. John, who do you have so far? I have my lightweight, my light heavyweight, and my featherweight. Okay, Brandon, what do you have off the board? 45, 55, and 70. These two still have to pick a lady. You got to get your women in there. John, what is our round four stipulation? Our next stipulation is five fights or less in the UFC. Five fights or less in the UFC. There's no one better for this pick than the guy that these probably both probably picked, and that is Tom Aspinall. God, I hate going last. Like <laughs> this was me last year, so chill. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So for my five fights or less, I'm taking Saeed Namagamenov. <laughs> Phantom weight. This is I, bad, there guys. There is uh, such pain on the face of Brandon right now. <laughs> 
And he, I, I, I'm actually lucky because he has five and he's scheduled for a fight. It just isn't right now. Yeah, so. that's where Aspinall's at. I literally didn't think anyone would think of said. So Come on, man. Really? I literally don't have a pick right now for oh, this. Oh, gosh. Yeah, this is uh, bad. Here, take this one. I don't even know who that is. You don't, you don't know who Jack Shore is? No. Oh, he's a beast. No. But, but wait, he's 45, isn't he? Yeah. Brandon's yeah, already, already got, got a 45. Oh, well, then how was you going to say Saeed? He's 35, is he not? No, he's 45. I just messed this whole thing up. I did that last year, too. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> remember when I think my uh, outside of the UFC pick I messed up? Oh, well, you don't know him either. Never mind. I can't we'll come back. We'll come know. back to it. Okay. All right. <laughs> look, for, look for the graphic. <laughs> uh, poor Brandon. For our next round five. Next round is outside the UFC non-champ. So any fighter. round? Yeah, this is a tough one. Mm. Well, there's a big pool. Round five is any fighter. Outside of the UFC, who is not a champion, and I went with Bellator's own 14 and 0, occupying my 155 pound slot, Usman Nurmagomedov. Yeah, I had him on my list, but once I took Charles Oliveira, he came off. Um, for my pick, I'm staying in Bellator, but I'm going to middleweight, and I'm taking Anatoly Tokov, who's 30 and 2. Has wins over Alexander Shlomenko, who was their or former champion, 5-0 currently in the Bellator. And he has a finish via 10-finger choke. Nice. So, that's my pick. I like it. I'm going with the original UFC fighter, current Bellator. Uh, he just fought for the title. Uh, ended controversially. Corey Anderson, mm. 205. Nice. There you go. I like it. I like it. Got somebody on the board. There I also go. had Christian Lee, but... My 55 was taken. So. Another good shout. John, what is our round six right. stipulation? Round six gets fun. We're talking about a legend. Somebody who's retired, legendary status. I mean, I guess they don't have to be legendary. As long as they're legendary to you. Oh, this person is legendary, and he's the GOAT. And that is Anderson the Spider Silva. Occupying my 185-pound spot. For my pick... Um, Recently, a little bit more famous heavyweight, Kane Velasquez. Oh, free Kane, free Kane, yeah, yeah free Kane. Um, I am going with the original goat of the female division, Ronda Rousey. Oh, mm. occupying your female spot. I like yeah, it. Nice. John is going to have to make a female pick in his last round, which is round seven, and that stipulation is coming off of two or more losses. Any UFC fighter coming off of two or more losses. I had a lot for this one, actually. I'm not going to mm -hmm. lie, because I didn't know how it was going to shake out towards the end. Right. But my pick at 135 pounds is the little monster, Pedro Munoz. Not a bad pick. Um, for my pick, I am going with somebody who has a big fight coming up at strawweight, and that's Zhang Weili. Ooh. Yeah, buddy. I like that. It's a good one. Wow, that is a good one. That's a great one. That's probably the best seventh round pick, uh, yeah. even of the NFL draft. <laughs> yeah, for sure, 100%. <laughs> She's Mrs. Irrelevant. Uh, guys, yeah. Brandon. This is, this is oh, tough. my God. <laughs> what, what weight class do you need? Uh, either 25 or heavyweight. Ooh. Uh, take uh, Chris Dawkins. All right, Chris Dawkins at heavyweight. <laughs> You're welcome. Brandon's man. team is Brandon's going to be picking lap first next year yeah. for sure. Oh, uh, we, we still need a fourth round pick out of Brandon between now and uh, which is five or less fights. Yeah, yeah. You know how hard that's to find. That's like a hard thing to do find. You, do you have a actually, featherweight? Actually, uh, okay, I'm going to take Dawkins off. The guy who just fought Romanov last night. 
No, because I looked him up. He's got. What about um, if you need a heavyweight for five or less? I think Sergey Pavlovich, who's about to fight Derek Lewis in the heavyweight division, has only like two or three fights in the UFC. Are we sure that Mohamed Makhanov at featherweight? He's another. He's a prospect. I got, already got feather. Oh yeah, twenty five, eighty five, or heavyweight. Uh, hold on. Fill, fill the dead time for me. Yeah, wait. So Gilbert Burns, who did he fight before? He fought Thompson before he fought Hamza. It's right? five. Yeah. Or, you need five or less, right? Thompson. I'll go. With, I'll go with Stephen Thompson. Sergey Pavlovich has only. Stephen had Thompson f- has way more than five fights. The no, 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 no. For uh, two losses. Oh, two losses. Sergey Pavlovich has only had four fights, Brandon. So you could pick him for your five or less. Is he heavyweight? Massive heavyweight, knockout everybody. All right, we're going with him, and we'll go with Stephen Thompson for the uh, two or more losses. There you go. And if Pavlovich, wait, didn't you take Hamza? For losses? No, at, at all. You can only take one person per division. Yeah, he's 70. Yeah. Oh, geez. I'm taking 85. <laughs> wow, guys. What 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 division? Do 25 you- or 85? 85, you can do Paulo Costa or Kelvin Gastelum for take- two or more losses. Well, Costa's in 205 now. No, he's he hasn't still, fought you can do 85. Yet. He all hasn't right, taking there. Costa. Okay. I get we gr- did it. Here's the thing. I get grouped in with him a lot, but come on, man. We did Look, it. Look, man, this is a hard thing to do, okay? <laughs> I Look, mean, I had extras and extras. I, and had, like, I had a lot of extras. Well, but not a lot. Let's run through the teams, boys, before we jump into the news. My first pick, Valentina Shevchenko. Round two, Jiri Prohashka. Round three, Shavkat Rachmanov. Round four, Tom Aspinall. Round five, Usman Nurmagomedov. Round six, Anderson Silva. And round seven, Pedro Munoz. Woo! I had Charles Oliveira, round one. Round two, I had Jamal Hill. Round three, I had Kai Kara France. Round five, I had Saeed. Outside the UFC champ, round six, I had Tokov. Legend, Kane Velasquez. And coming off of two losses, I had Zhang Weili. Brandon, give us your team that we picked half of. <laughs> um, all right, hang on. Write it all down so I can do them in the order like you guys all did. Smart people. So round one, I had Alex Volk- Alexander Volkanovsky. Uh, round two, I had Islam Mahachev. Round three, I had Sean Brady. Round four, I had Pavlovich. 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 Sergey Pavlovich. Pavlovich. Round five, I had Corey Anderson from Bellator. Round six, I had Ronda Rousey. And round, or I'm sorry, yeah, round seven, I had Paulo Costa. And we will make a graph. Well, when I say we, John will make a graphic like he did last year, and we will post these teams on our Instagram mm-hmm. at Neon Belly Podcast. Uh, you're gonna thank me for that Sergey Pavlovich pick, by the yeah, way. We'll see, uh, real nuts y- you know what? You ran through that this. team. You actually got a sneaky little team. I'm it's not gonna not lie. Bad. It's not bad. I didn't think I had team. anything last time. Because the thing about Derek Pavlovich Lewis, both of those guys, they're just gonna swing. Right. But if Pavlovich knocks Derek Lewis out. He's going to be in like the top five. Mm-hmm. Could be fighting for a title. Maybe not this year, but could go on a nice little run. Um, the real story for this draft is there's so many champions that we just don't know how much they're going to fight in like a Francis. And yeah. you know, some of these fighters, it's going to be interesting. Title can change hand tomorrow. And sure. You know, it's it's interesting. But John, thanks for the beat, too. That's where we're at. You're welcome. Great, great little banger there. No, uh, just try to- we got to get through this news. Breeze through it, John. All righty. Uh-uh. Going on the news. Oh, yeah. If you don't like it, Brandon will punch you and give you a bruise. <laughs> All right. I'm going to get through a couple things real quick before we get into the uh, fight announcements. Um, Jorge Mazaval is being ordered to keep 25 feet away from Kobe Covington and 500 feet away from his residence, plus permanent or not to permit in contact with him. These were granted by a court because Covington said to a judge that he's in fear of Mazdaval. 
So. I think he said he had brain damage too. Yeah, and they're, they're, yeah it's not funny. He might no, but it's it's interesting. Uh, also, crazy uh, big news for one FC or one championship. They're signing in a contract with Prime Amazon Prime Video mm-hmm. to broadcast their fights on there, which, which is which kind of sucks because I think it was free, <laughs> and now you're gonna have to pay for it. Well, but, I have if you have Amazon. Yeah, Prime, I mean most yeah. people do, but you know. I just like it because it's gonna be a little bit easier for me to find the stream. Sure. I mean, granted, it's gonna be at six in the morning because they're yeah. over in Asia, but <laughs> right. that's still cool. Um. And then kind of moving into like some fight announcement stuff, you know, you have John Jones coming out saying that he wanted to go soon, but Stipe can only go in September. So that looks like that's probably going to be something that's happening for sure. You guys have been seeing John Jones? Yeah. Pretty small calves. Very small calves. Very large upper body. Yeah, he's, he's definitely gotten huge. We'll see how it translates. His calves are really um, weird. Genetics, man. Henry Cejudo kind of moved off from just calling out Volkanovski to now moving to Aljamain Sterling. Yeah, well, he's, he's I think trying he, to spread out his he options. He met with the UFC, to yeah. my knowledge, and Dana was like, yeah, 145, but what about 35? I think they just want somebody yeah. to eat Aljo. But, um, yeah, that becomes interesting. <laughs> you know. Um, you know. <laughs> right. We also have, um, I mean, a gang of fight announcements. Let's start with um, somebody I just recently picked up, Saeed. He's going to be fighting Douglas De Silva, or yeah. Silva De Andrade. That's a good fight. July 9th, that's a big one for him. Um, we have Alexander Gustafsson fighting Nikita Krolov. That's targeted for July 26th. Yeah, man, I am just, you know my thing is, I'm kind of like, Gustafsson is like, uh, okay. How do I pick my words? I'm just going to be blunt. I feel like he's ruining the end of his career with this whole light heavyweight, heavyweight, light heavyweight, yeah. heavyweight, light heavy. Because he's like getting really big for the heavyweight division and then trying to cut back down. And like, it's just mm. weird. I don't know. I Just a guy that I've I, I've really always had a ton of respect for. I mean, mm. I still do. I'm not, I don't disrespect. I mean, it's his career. But just he's in a lot different places. I just was. feel like he's trying to find relevancy in one of these divisions. It's like, man, you just got to stick one out, though. Mm. Yeah. Uh, another big fight we have... Um, I don't know if you remember this. Casey O'Neill, she's a, a woman she's fighter. She's a woman fighter, Brandon. Uh, she's, could have picked never, her. Never forget. Yeah. Could have put her in your list today. Could have. Uh, she's out. She was supposed to fight Jessica I. Now stepping in, Macy Barber yeah, for UFC 276. That's a big one. I think Barber's going to kill her. Yeah, Barber looked really good. Um, we have Kevin Holland versus Tim Means. Fight night, June 18th. It's good to see Kevin Holland get back in there and keep making. And yeah. I mean, Tim Means is a killer too. Yeah. Um, we have Calvin Cater and Josh Emmett being planned for June 19th in Texas. Yeah. First fight night yeah. since the pandemic to not be, they're going to do it in Austin, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To not be at the, that becomes a huge Apex one. Or whatever. This is a, this is one you might be interested in. We have Jack Hermanson against Darren Till. July 23rd, UFC Fight Night London. Who's headlining Who's that? headlined by... Our boy. Big old heavyweight Tom Aspinall fighting Curtis Blades. He's running it bike, baby. That's a big fight. And it's, I mean, good for him to get two London fights in a row. Yeah, that's what I, I mean, said. a lot of these guys have to wait till their champion to get a fight in their hometown. They, they could go to London every other week, and I'm okay with it. And not to be done in Europe, out to be outdone in Europe, we also have Surreal Gone and Tai Tuavasa headlining September 3rd's event. Big one. Uh, Bellator is going to Paris real soon, so I bet you UFC was like, oh, the, you guys have a market? Let's go yeah, there. Yeah, Um Unfortunate for Francis, I bet you he would have loved to be able to fight there sure. too. Yeah, um, for sure. But that didn't end up going through. And the last little bit of news I have is uh, Ben Rothwell signing with Bare Knuckle. Yeah, I saw that. Which, with him getting out of his contract two weeks before a fight, I kind of felt like that was coming. Something. Uh, yeah. la- oh, last thing's. Uh, let's talk about the bigger sport, boxing. We had <laughs> Katie Taylor and Amanda Serrano fighting last night. Man. Who? Katie 
Katie Taylor. Yeah. Katie Taylor. Uh, I don't know if you've seen the the highlights of I've it. I've only seen. I didn't watch it, but I saw highlights and whole. The last cow. 10, 15 seconds, they nuts. literally stood as close as me and like you shoulder, just punched they, each other. They were just like shoulder to shoulder. Just Madison like, Square Garden was going crazy. It was nuts. It was um, awesome. It's probably the biggest fight, female fight you could put together. Oh, Clarissa yeah. Shields is the only bigger female boxer yeah, right I saw now. Somebody compare it to like Pacquiao Mayweather. Yeah. But it, like if they would have fought in their prime. And it was a really close fight. Uh, Taylor ended up winning it, Katie Taylor. So she stays undefeated. But Katie Taylor. That's a big one. And then also, not to be outdone, Shakur Stevenson Shakur. puts on a... Don't uh, even know their names. Yeah, Shakur Stevenson is what I said. You um, said Shakir. It's not Shakira. Shakur Stevenson. Shakur. He put on a clinic for 12 rounds against Oscar Valdez. What a performance. Uh, yeah. I did watch that fight. He, um, I mean, really... He really ran away with it. I think the seventh round, a lot of judges gave him an 8-10. Because he dropped him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, really good defensive fighter, but he, he showed, you know... A lot of good change, a lot of good exchanges and combos, yeah. um, and he's ready for a big step up. I mean, he might have just turned himself into a superstar last night. He proposed to his girlfriend post fight. Yeah, that's how good he did. So yeah, he's a beast. Yeah, that was really fun to watch. I love boxing. Don't get it twisted. Mm. Fun sport. Not the biggest sport in the world though. Mm. That's all I have for the news. <laughs> all right. Uh, let's see. Oh, I got song of the week. I am going I to think do. I got song of the week. No. You did it before you left, and then he did it. No, he did it last week. He goes, this circle. Then so, why'd you do it before you left? Uh, Damien did it. I think that's what threw it off. Oh, okay. So I got song of the week. Hold your horses, John. You can do it next week. I've just been getting skipped. That's all I'm just saying. <laughs> I think what threw it off is Damien did it. Damien took my turn. No. I think and then he, you went. I think Damien took mine. So if that's off, you guys got out of order then. Nate steals turns a lot. Like, yeah, I mean, he's done that no, it was my twice. week and Damien took mine. But you t- you made a pick before you left, and then Damien and then, then Brandon what? picked after you, so then it would go. But to it should have been you. So you guys got out of order. That's not my mm-hmm. fault. We I, I stick to the order. One. Brandon picked last week. It's my turn. All right, go ahead. Chill. See how good this song <laughs> is. <laughs> uh, it's actually something different. Um, one thing I've never picked a UK. I love UK drill music. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's something I've never picked a UK song. So I'm want to introduce some people to some UK drill because I think it's really underrated um and it's an artist called central c and the song is called mm. tension nice love central c he's a beast i want to point out to the last pay-per-view nate didn't recognize acdc as the singer of uh was it black oh. back in black <laughs> mm-hmm. so like he's throwing out here all this musical knowledge but then he couldn't point out ACDC. You say rolling hey i'm culture so you're just mad i'm culture uh you can call whatever you want but i wouldn't call it culture. i will tell you brandon you're not gonna like the song they have accents I don't know if you've been. Oh yeah, the UK got, guys have yeah, accents. Accent, so. yeah, they have they have an accent. You're, I know so you're a big like, anti accent guy. Well, if it's German, it's all right. Sprechen Sie Deutsch, John. What's your one for the people? My one for the people is Ozark. I don't know if you guys have. No, I gotta start it. Ooh wee! Just put your seatbelt on. Yeah, I gotta get in. It. Not been too impressed. Gotta be honest. Um, my one for the people is you haven't been impressed. Sharpening Ozark? pencils. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've been bummed really. Really? Um, How many yeah. episodes are you in? I haven't I'm, started it. I'm so up to date. Yeah. I like the first. I'm not. Oh, they're doing the it week half. to week. Yeah. Oh. Um, my one for the people was actually for my wife, guys. It's, mm. our, it's our anniversary. That watching. was my one for the people. I, I was hoping you weren't going to say it, and then I was going to bring it up. No, nope, beat you Call to you it. a bad husband. Um, we're going to to dinner tonight. So a little shout out to her sticking with me. It'll be eight How, years together. To uh, eight years. Eight years, but three years married. So what are you guys going to eat? Cheesecake Factory got a little gift card. Mm. Oh, you're going all the way down there on a Sunday? Doesn't that scare you? We got you? reservations. Does that scare you? I get scared going, like, doing stuff on Sunday night. Like, no. Monday's no. going to suck. I don't know. I, I get control my schedule. I hate my that's job. True. Remember, we're, we're... Yeah, that's different. We're willing to mow yards. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah we're, we're doing a callback to the beginning of the episode. I hate my job, remember? Uh, uh, well, that was going to be mine, because I didn't think Brandon would... Uh, 
would shout out his Ouch. wife because he typically doesn't. Um, I care more mm. about his marriage than he does and possibly don't, his son. Don't let me start getting into this <laughs> with you, man. <laughs> Love you, Oliver. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I did get to see Oliver. That's my one for the people. Okay. I got to saw Brandon's son yesterday and I loved every second of it. Need to work on the depth perception a little bit. That's the, Yeah, I can only do so much about that, man. <laughs> every kid goes How, to their own how's, his, how's his guard pulling going? <laughs> Uh, I figured you'd raise him to pull guard. He's more of a donkey guard. Yeah. Nate, I think Nate would. Yeah, would, yeah, yeah. I like yeah. it. I like it. Well, that's it, boys. We're going to head out with the banger, the new intro, little encore. We will see you guys next Monday where we're going to recap UFC 274. John's hopefully going to bring some boxing facts. We'll see. We'll see. To prove a feeling. We'll see you guys then. Peace. Peace. Ladies and gentlemen, here we go again. Welcome back to another episode of Nate's Knee and the Belly Podcast. Introducing first your co-hosts and general background noise, the knee, Brandon, and the belly, John. And now... Introducing your host and star of the show. He's the one guys want to be and girls line up to see. He is the podcasting star boy. Give it up for the Podfather, 